Welcome to the Slingshot Sim Racing Podcast. I'm Ellis. And I'm Chris. On the podcast, we get to know our slingshot racing community on and off the track, while also talking about anything and everything else sim racing related. You can check us out at slingshotracing.org where you can join our Discord. The podcast is brought to you by Apex Energy Drink and Martin Sports, but we'll talk about them a bit later. For now, let's jump into it. All right, this is week 18. Uh, we've kind of been on and off lately uh, since January, uh, start of the new year. It's been kind of a uh, kind of chaotic and, and crazy start to a new year, but we're going to try to get back on a consistent recording schedule and release schedule. So we're, uh, we're aiming for that. We appreciate y'all listening, and we're just going to kind of jump into it this week. Uh, I'm Ellis, and I'm joined by Chris, and we just finished our... I honestly don't know how many times we've done this, but our uh, at least fifth or sixth Daytona 24-hour endurance race on iRacing. And it was a 24 hours filled with ups and downs, highs and lows. And it ended kind of, I guess, on some lows, which we'll talk about. But uh, Chris, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. Uh, Got a chance to get a nap in uh, right after the 24 hours. Not too long of a nap, so I think I'm going to be able to hit the bed at a decent hour tonight and hopefully get a good night's sleep. Yeah, same here. Um, we'll we'll jump into the 24. I guess tonight we'll talk about two things. We'll talk about the 24 hours of Daytona, uh, how that race went, how we're feeling. And also this week was the first uh, week or regular season week of our two series of Slingshot Racing Season 3, uh, the Trucks and the, the ARCA Cup Series headed to Daytona also we'll talk about that um in just a little bit but yeah for me uh I think the sorest part I had was my thumb for some reason my right thumb was bothering me a little bit my ego was bruised as well which we'll talk about uh we'll get to here shortly but so let's talk about how things went uh this was the first time you and I have run things with an actual team we had a team of four we were joined uh, by Chris Pierce and Brady Powers, who are both slingshot racing drivers. And uh, I, I would say we put a, a, a moderate amount. I don't think we put near as much time as a lot of people put into practicing. Uh, but I know Chris Pierce worked on a setup, and we continue to kind of tweak that with some feedback into Thursday and Friday, um, you know, leading into the race on Saturday. Um, our strategy, uh, which I think is something a lot of people probably do, was to not qualify. Do you think that um, went well for us? Yeah, I think so. I mean, typically in the past, the the way that qualifying has worked for me um, is I just don't put the time into, you know, running the that low fuel coal tire setup anyway. Um, I would much rather just focus on feeling what my car is going to feel like at the end of the run. So with a 24-hour race, qualifying is just not that important. It's not that big a deal. So I don't think it was a. I don't think it hurt us by any means. By the end of our fourth stint, I think we were up like by the end of our third or fourth stint, we were up 30 positions uh, from 46th uh, into the top 15. So um, yeah, I, I don't think it hurt us at all, and I don't mind doing it again, honestly. Yeah, you're you're kind of uh, you've always been our starter just because you have such a conservative approach 
and you're able to kind of have eyes on a lot of stuff going on in front of you and you make it through a lot of these wrecks and that was no different this time by um and I, like you said, we got off to a pretty good start. We were 30, 30 positions up within the first you know, few hours of the race. And I think we were all feeling pretty good. We were all kind of still going off the energy that we had um, you know, early on. And then we had some internet issues with Chris Pierce, I think, in his first stint. He, or I think it was in his third stint. Um, we ran quadruple stints, I guess. It was in his third stint of his like first set that his internet dropped and we kind of had to react quickly that's one of the things that always uh seems to happen is we have things that we have to react very quickly to and frantically and i feel like i'm not the best at doing that but the first issue we had was chris's internet dropping and i, I if i'm remembering right was it brady who went ahead and got in the car early i think so yeah yeah he's so he had to be kind of ready as at a moment's notice normally you want to kind of prepare yourself you get in that mental you know, uh, frame of mind uh, of, you know, locked in, ready to go. So Brady had to kind of get there really quick and he did a really good job early on. Um, you know, I think all of us expected that we'd have X's and off tracks and stuff like that. That's just part of the game. And I think he ended up sending it a little bit too uh, far into the bus stop and we got uh, some damage early on, but weirdly enough, it wasn't as much damage as you would think from a car going head on into the tire barriers in the bus stop, right? Yeah, it was uh, It was actually really, it, it was only about maybe two miles an hour, three miles an hour at the end of the front stretch that we were hurt by. And you know, if you were getting a tow from somebody, you know, it really wasn't that noticeable. So uh, yeah, it, it didn't give us that much damage and we were able to keep on going and you know really didn't take any of the optional other than you know like on our pit stops what what it would take care of during the time that we were in the stall um but uh yeah we just we just kept on rolling with the uh with the nose damage that we had for for the longest time yeah and that was uh that was everything was fine and then i think chris ended up having another disconnect to the internet later on in, in another of his runs and we got that sorted out. I can't remember who got in the car at that point, but then I was in the car and I think it was in the second horseshoe. I just got loose, went a little bit too hot into the corner and kind of got it rear end first into the tire barriers. And that did a whole lot more damage than it did to uh, the car, you know, when Brady sent it into the bus stop. And that's what really, um, I think, I think it cost us a lot of time up front, but I think it was, it almost was a blessing in disguise. I felt like in the sense that it forced us to get the car fixed and go ahead and deal with all the damage, which brought the car up to essentially, I felt like back to where we started the race with, would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah, we, you know, it's hard to sit there and decide on like how much optional damage that you want to fix. Uh, you know, if you take maybe half of your optional, all right, is it going to repair the part that you know is hurting you on the straights or is it going to repair some you just don't know so i think that we did the right thing in taking it all right there and yeah we were back up to speed at our normal speed and um in the late night hours we were turning some really fast lap times um you know we were turning you know at certain times top five lap times and uh you know we were sitting on the cusp of we were running about 11th 12th 13th around that time um we just slowly were inching our way up you know how it is at night those of you who have run it before uh in the nighttime hours 
you're starting to get a little bit of lap separation and it's harder, you know, at that point to, uh, to make up ground because, you know, like everybody's on their, on their schedule and on their strategy. And, um, we were just slowly inching up on it. We were inching up on those guys in the top 10 and, uh, we were, I think that we were, uh, we were on pretty good pace for it. We, it would have been close if we were able to, to get one. Yeah, and we were slowly making our way forward. Like you said, that just tends to happen, especially at night. Things happen. Other cars have some attrition, and uh, we were entering our way forward, and then I think it was my time to get in the car at, at one point, and of course, I hadn't touched a single thing, and my wheel decided it wasn't going to be recognized by iRacing. I've got a CSL DD wheel. Never had an issue with it, and haven't had an issue with it since once we got it back in, in order, but it decided it was going to completely lose like all calibration. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't allow me to calibrate it. I essentially had to back out of the, the service and get back in. But in the meantime, I think we sent in Chris Pierce for at least half a cent before I got it figured out. And then we just decided for me to get back in the car. And uh, this would be my second, I guess, set of stents. And I think, what time was this? Probably like, was this 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning? 2 or 3 a.m. our time? I would say so, about the time that you started. Yeah, and first two first two runs or part uh, stints, I felt really, I, I felt okay. And then it was around the start of my third and final stint that uh, whatever I eaten or not eaten that day. And let's take a second to talk about. I feel like nutrition. Uh, this was just something that I completely. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if I just wasn't even focused enough uh, in terms of paying attention to whether I was hungry or not. Uh, I didn't really eat a lot yesterday and the things I did eat, uh, stuck with me and caused me some, some discomfort, uh, during that run. I, I was talking to Ellen. She's like, I was surprised you didn't like go get dinner or at least try to scrounge something up here. And I think I had some like, you know, chips or something like that. But, um, I feel like that was a huge mistake on my part. Um, I feel like I could have done a better job to hydrate. I did early on, but for just a, a you know, variety of mistakes on my own that I made I wasn't feeling great at the start of my third stint and I made the decision like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh you know shirk my responsibility of finishing this third stint I'm gonna try to push it and it was like I was so focused on you know the stomach discomfort that I was having and I was also tired you know let's talk about that let's talk about the fact that this is the first time you or I have had someone to shoulder the responsibility and personally i didn't take advantage of that uh, i didn't you know go take those naps like i probably should have and by the time that three o'clock in the morning rolled around i was really tired um and i felt like i'd already had enough apex energy that got me through you know up to that point but i didn't want to do any more because i was like i can probably you know you probably only have so much during a day and I would like to be able to sleep tomorrow. And um, as a result, I lost focus. I was having problems with depth perception because I my eyes were not able to focus enough. And I was, you know, missing corners and things like that. And that should have been the first sign like, hey, you probably need to get out of the car. And I made the choice stupidly to continue. Um, and I think obviously it's, it's a game. If it were real life, I think there are higher stakes and safety is an even bigger issue. Right. Um, but I made the choice to continue on and try to finish that third stint. And about halfway through that, man, I think I had like, 
less than 10 laps left in the tank on this final stint. And a car was coming to the outside to pass me. It was faster in the tri-oval. And I made a decision to self-clear and tuck in behind him. And easily the worst thing I've ever done on my 12 plus years on iRacing was that self-clear, which essentially I hooked the car headed into one. Um, and it took us both out of any, you know, contention of a top 10, certainly. Um, but it was, um, I think, you know, not to make it too serious, but I feel like it was my worst moment in iRacing. Um, you know, uh, I think it was probably good that I was really tired and not feeling well, because I probably would have probably would have been even worse for me had I been like 100%. Probably wouldn't happen if I'd been 100%. But, um, you know, and those guys are mad, as they should have been. 100% is all on me. Um, but I think just given the circumstances, had, had um, I been fresh, you know, that wouldn't happen. And it cost us. I felt bad. It cost our team. And I think if it were a normal race, you know, say it's an hour or two long race, that's not good. I would feel bad, but it's not a 24 hour race in the final three hours, right? That adds some weight to it. Um, so, so I think I've had today to kind of simmer down from that and just kind of like walk myself through it and say, this is a, an opportunity to learn from, but it, it didn't make it any easier in the moment. Um, and I know that, while you guys are like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, you guys are disappointed too. And I think that's, <laughs> I could care less about me. And honestly, it, I, I really felt bad for the guys that we wrecked, but it was my teammates that I know uh, that to a degree, whether y'all would ever say it or not, I let down. And I think that's the biggest thing that I learned was know your limits. Um, and yeah, I, I think that that's all I'm going to say about that at this point. But we got the car to the garage, we got it fixed, and it was up to Brady essentially to finish the race out. And I was not there. I went to bed because I wasn't feeling well. So how did that go to finish out the final two hours of the race or so? It went pretty well. Um, you know, you talk about, you know, making mistakes and, you know, we're all human and we all make mistakes in this deal and on iRacing and it's nothing to it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, you know, I, I made a mistake with the fuel calculation at the end. Uh, I didn't anticipate the uh, final lap sort of taking a little bit longer. And basically what it boiled down to was when Brady got in the car, um, I had the I was trying to calculate and stretch it out for Brady. He was driving and I was trying to do all the, the math on my end. And, you know, eventually I told him, I was like, all right, let's 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 put it in this map right here. And I think that we're going to be fine. And I was watching the rate of, you know, fuel consumption and it's like, okay, yeah, it's looking really good. Well, unfortunately, the leader got to the line, um, you know, when it gets to like that last minute 45, the next time the leader hits the line, um, the leader will get the white flag. Well, it was just ill-timed. Like the leader oh, got yeah. to it like before that. And so he had to do another lap to come around and then get the white flag. So and instead then, of one lap, it was essentially two laps. Yeah. And so it, it just didn't work out for us very well because of that. And that's on me. You know, I probably should have put him in a, in a uh, more conservative map 
earlier than what I did. And so, you know, I made a mistake there. And so we had to come in and do like a quick little gallon splash. Nothing, you know, that took too long at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just hit it and went and got back out on the track. And unfortunately, one of the lead lap or one of the top five guys um, made a mistake (laughs) on their last lap and wrecked Brady. Um, Luckily, he just spun through the grass. But uh, we had to do a drive through literally on the last lap because of it because we reached 100 instant points there. So, um, (laughs) yeah, it was it was just bad luck. in that in that last deal but uh hey we made it through uh we finished i think uh 19th uh so we we competed for all 24 hours uh i think that we we learned a lot of stuff that we could do better i think that one thing that uh you know like you talked about you know there's no reason for for all of us to stick around you know the computer and you know crew chief and you know do everything that we've been doing for all 24 hours you know I think that's something that uh, we could do better next time. You know, you know, take some time to step away and sleep and eat. And I'll be honest, yesterday I ate a lot, <laughs> and that's that was one thing that probably worked out well for me and just kept me going. Was I ate more yesterday than I probably do in a typical day, uh, just because I felt like I had to. I was just after doing two quads, I was I was pretty wasted. <laughs> Yeah, I I definitely think that I just did not get the calories um, to to get me the the hours that I need in terms of 100% kind of freshness in the car. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like I think about it as like the real 24. And I know like when we talk about comparisons between sim racing and real life racing, there are <laughs> there are a lot of differences, albeit they're they're getting more close to each other um, in terms of the physics and all that, but. Uh, you don't see the four drivers or five drivers all huddled around the the pit cart, you know, 24 hours. Um, and I, I mentioned to you, we're just used to that because we've essentially running it just together have had to in terms of spotting and things like that and being available for any issues. But uh, I mentioned to you earlier, it's like for me, you're 34, I'm 33. I know that's that's not old by any stretch of the imagination, but we're not we're not in our mid 20s anymore. You know, we're not our, 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 our late twenties, uh, and our bodies are just reacting differently to things. I think that's something that I started to realize just, uh, what do they say? Once you hit 30, uh, you start to notice things you didn't before. And certainly this, this, uh, this past year's 24 hour Daytona race was one of those moments where I'm like, well, you know, I just, I can't do it the, the way I used to do it anymore. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. I yeah. think it's just kind of uh taking ownership of that and having that awareness to to grow from it so that's kind of my goal moving forward is uh just learning how we're going to do it better in the future Uh, i think we'll we'll probably try to do uh, some more endurance races this this uh year in i racing we don't know what yet but i think that's going to be an important thing for for me to take into account probably the rest of the members of our team um you know in terms of how we do things and so yeah, and and to not to mention you or I are not road racers. <laughs> like we uh we'll we'll get in the occasional race, but you and I know you rode ran some road races earlier in the past week or two, but we we just we're oval guys and I have no shame in that. Would I like to run more road races and kind of, you know, build my skill out there a little bit? Yeah, should I? Meh, I'm not going to shit all over myself here. Uh, I like ovals. Uh so that's what I'm going to continue to race, but I also like doing these occasionally. And by the way, yeah. we didn't talk about the fact that 
on on my next to last pit stop, I somehow did not have fuel checked. So I got my tires and I didn't have fuel and I had half a lap left in the tank and I literally had to make it around Daytona uh, with half a half a tank of gas. And that's what we were talking about earlier with with if you if you're not familiar with these cars, you can you can adjust the fuel mixture uh, and the the map of the fuel and how much is consumed and burned. And I think it had. 12 or 13 different mixes that I could turn on. And I think I had to go all the way up to 13. And literally, you were watching it. It was painful to watch because I started sputtering, running out of gas, I think, headed into NASCAR 3. So I had to take it up the hill to build, you know, momentum so I could then carry it down the hill onto pit road. And I think literally I crawled inch by inch into the pit stall. Um, so there's no telling how much time we lost with that, but it was a, for, for my part, it felt like a comedy of errors and that's okay. Like I'm not, I'm moving forward, but it was, I feel like for me, this was the most stressful Daytona 24 I've had. And I think what's been five or six now. And, uh, it was an experience that, that I hope to grow from, but I also hope to, to move on from <laughs> starting now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you hundred percent. So uh daytona p19 for the apex energy lamborghini um with chris pierce and brady powers and then you know chris smith and and me ellis thomas um great effort but that wasn't the only thing going on at daytona uh this past week when we come back from the break we're going to talk about the season opener for both the apex energy cup series and the apex energy truck series in season three of slingshot racing we will catch you guys on the other side of the break Well, in 2022, we've seen an epic battle for the championship between Aaron Wilson and Justin Smith. Neither one have really been able to gain an edge on the other. And like, I know personally, I have at least one driver I find myself side by side with each week. Um, And chances are you've probably got drivers and moments where you just can't seem to find an edge. Well, Slingshot has a little secret we're going to let you in on. We found the edge. Apex Energy Drink is going to help you focus on every single detail that is important in those crucial moments of the race, whether it's the final lap at Daytona or the side-by-side battle into Eau Rouge at Le Mans. Most of uh, the energy drinks on the shelf are going to give you heart palpitations, and worst of all, they don't even tell you what ingredients they have in them. Apex Energy is formulated with your health in mind, avoiding artificial dyes and allergens, but it's still going to keep you locked in during your toughest battles on the track. Uh, They've actually got four great flavors, including Blue Raspberry, Sherry Limeade, Bomb Pop, and Citrus Blast. My favorite's the Bomb Pop. Uh, Go ahead and get yours now uh, and get 10% off by using the code SLINGSHOT10. That's SLINGSHOT10 when you check out. Promise you are not going to regret it. All right, thanks for sticking around uh, the second half of the show. We're going to spend just a little bit of time talking about the season opener for both the Apex Energy Cup Series and our Truck Series, uh, which are both part of Season 3 of Slingshot. I can't believe we're already up to three seasons now. Um, That time has gone by fast. But Daytona, we knew it was going to be 
Daytona, right? That That is something that is a foregone conclusion when you talked about restrictor plate racing. Anyone can win, but also anything can happen. And we know that a lot is and, and did happen in these races. Uh, we have a lot of new drivers, Chris, and our cup. I think we, we might have as many new driver cup series as we have in our truck series. I haven't done a count, but do you like if you had to ballpark it, how many new drivers new to slingshot would you say that we had? Oh, gosh. Um, Not to put you on the spot. Yeah, I would say probably about you know, roughly half of our cup series. So that's about 10 guys. And then maybe about, I don't know, maybe about a third of our truck series. Yeah, I would, fair? I would say, yeah, I think we've got at least 20 new drivers, which when you talk about growth and kind of building our, our community and, and, um, just creating that I'm, I'm extremely proud. I think this has been the biggest season of growth we've had in terms of getting new drivers. Um, but with that, with new drivers, with new seasons, you know, comes first race jitters. And I think everyone's getting to learn a little bit about each other. No one really knows. We've had the clash last week, but no one really knows how each other are going to race under normal circumstances. Not that Daytona is normal circumstances, but it's close to normal for um, a Daytona race can get its regular season. And uh, let's just start off talking about our cup series. I think our cup series race, um, you know, it was Tuesday night. Uh, it was broadcast on our own Twitch channel, um, twitch.tv slash slingshot racing league. If you're interested in checking that out every Tuesday and Wednesday at eight 30 Eastern time, we, uh, cover our races. Um, so that's been an adventure, but it was also an adventure on the track. Uh, those guys are true gentlemen. Uh, I felt like for the better part of the race, you know, we had, uh, I can't remember who was on the pole. I think it was Scott Sobzak and Patrick Colby. Did I did, is that correct? Did I make a mistake there? I cannot remember 100% who won yeah. the poll. But I know that those guys were out front a lot. Tony Tony Hilbrins, I think, might have been on the poll. I think you're um, right. Yeah. Uh, Tony did a great job of broadcasting Wednesday, which we'll talk about here shortly. But uh, for a, the better part of the race, those guys were just, they put on a show in terms of clean racing. They kind of showed you how it should be done, I feel like, if, if you're ever watching one to watch a uh, learn how to do good restrictor plate racing i, I think the, those guys probably put on a bit of a clinic at least on the early part of the race and then naturally uh we had chaos breakout um as to be expected i think that you know when you're trying to control the lines and things and, and make sure you stay out front um sometimes you clear yourself or you might be clear for a second and we had some guys come across each other's nose and i think that was our probably our first caution um kind of what happened from there in terms of the way the complexion of the race changed in your mind well first off i, I went back because i was i wanted to give credit where credit was due and it was uh, scott sobzak who won the poll okay uh for the cup race so uh congrats to scott for that poll and a bonus point for that but uh yeah, um, I think that it was really, really tame. It was obvious that there was a lot of guys in that field who had done it before, who had very level heads about, you know, what it is that they needed to do and how they were going to go about doing that. Um, but once the race uh, sort of reached that stage of, you know, three quarters of the way through, I think that's when you really started to see the, the gloves come off. Um, we, we did have a round of green flag pit stops 
um, that sort of changed the complexion of the race where um, we had a big group try to pit. And I think some guys were afraid of getting run over. And so we had a lot of speeding penalties and guys, you know, spin through the grass on that one. And that, that really changed things up. So you had guys on different agendas, guys who were looking to get back on the lead lap, uh, guys who were racing up there trying to control the lanes. Uh, I thought that uh, Tony Hilbrins and Patrick Colby did a really nice job teaming up uh, for most of the race and, and controlling the race, controlling the lane that they wanted to run. They wanted to run the uh, the outside lane and uh, and they worked together and they stay committed to each other and they showed what happens if you know you can stay committed. Uh, you can control a lane and control a race, and uh, you know once uh, once we ha- got everybody sort of bunched up together and we had those people on different agendas, I think that's when the the chaos ensued. We had a couple guys um, who didn't do anything, you know, maliciously. Uh, they were just they were just racing hard, and it's easy to do at Daytona. It's easy to do in a plate race, and they just kind of wandered up the track a little bit from from the bottom lane, you know, up into the uh, to guys on the outside, or or the guys on the outside anticipated them to be closer to the yellow line, um, and and you know there was contact, and when there's contact in a big old pack, you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have a little bit of chaos. But one thing that I noticed, and I mentioned to the guys, that I was really happy about was when we did have those moments. We kept those wrecks really, really manageable for the most part, and I think it just speaks to how good the drivers are in that league. You know, they, you know, didn't pile into the wrecks. Uh, they, you know, kept a level head, and you know, when they were spinning, they would lock them down, or they would, you know, cut the wheels the direction they were supposed to cut the wheels. You know, to, you know, save their car, and that's just experience, and that's just you know, guys that really really have a firm grasp on on what it is that they're supposed to do um when a wreck happens so um about the finish was great uh randy bechtel uh and the payday guys worked really well together the whole race they got a very very fortunately timed caution uh they'd been riding in the back for most of the of the show but uh they uh they worked it to perfection on that last restart yeah, it was a it was a thrilling finish. I know the Johnny Rapp essentially pushed uh, his teammate Randy Bechtel to the win with Rye Jones kind of on the outside, and it looked for like a minute we might have a side by side finish, but I think Randy won by about a car length. But you know they raced clean; they didn't turn each other coming to the line. I think that's all what we pretty much expected from our Cup Series. We've talked about it is smaller. I think we've got about twenty drivers. Uh, we're always looking to add more quality drivers, but. Um, you know, it, they raced exactly like I think we envision this series being um, in terms of really respectful. These guys know what they're doing and um, they know how to, to see through a race. Uh, and they did on Tuesday night. So that was great. Congrats on Randy uh, to Randy Bechtel on that win. And let's move on to Wednesday night, which, uh, <laughs> as we expected, there were a few more fireworks in this Apex Energy Truck Series race. Uh, it was a little bit shorter. It was 80 laps at Daytona, but it was not short on um, incidents. And we'll talk about other couple things that we noticed about that race as well. Um, but yeah, so Evan Pienta, spoiler alert, went on to win the race. But I, I just felt like this race was different in general. I think we had more drivers getting to know each other. I think there were some more maybe aggressive moves 
being made out there um, by guys still kind of just adjusting to maybe a new vehicle, new series, new drivers. Um, but I think we had probably twice as many cautions, if I had to say. And and to be fair, these guys made it, um, you know, and you and I, you know, full disclosure, we're in this race racing. But I think we made it to, I'm just trying to look at my laps here, at least lap 10 without a crash. Which, if you had asked me if we would have made it to lap 10 at Daytona, start of the season, without a crash at a restrictor plate track, what would your answer have been? I would have been shocked. I, I would have been a bit surprised. I, I expected some early chaos, um, you know, just you know, just because of the, you know, the newness of a lot of people in the, in the series. But, um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, we got going there pretty well. And, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, we did have a few incidents that happened after that. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like the tale of two tapes, you know, in the, uh, in the cup field, uh, we had accidents that happened later, uh, that wound up, you know, everybody did a really nice job of keeping them from turning bigger than what they should have been. Sort of like flip that the other way around in the truck series. We had a couple of accidents that wound up being a lot bigger than what they probably should have been. Yeah, and I think that that, that is one thing we've talked about. We talked about when we were kind of planning this new season and having two different series running, we talked about... We, you know, one of the core kind of fundamental uh, philosophies of slingshot racing is having at least one series, uh, and up to this point, it's been the series that is welcoming of everybody that wants to race, that's going to have a positive attitude about it, no matter what your I rating is. Um, and that was the truck series this season. And I think that's just part of it, especially early on in the season, right? You're going to have drivers who drive these cars. You're going to have drivers that are, um, you know, maybe it's their first official league race. And I think for a lot of our guys, it probably was based on kind of what I've been told and, and some of the guys I'm talking to and they love it, but it's definitely a growing experience. And um, sometimes these mistakes that are made, whether it's piling into an accident late because you're not off the throttle soon enough, or maybe it's just kind of predicting where the wreck's going to go um, and not slowing down enough. Uh, you can involved in these wrecks, but I think that will get better as the season goes on. It, it seems to always do. It seems to always do this, at least in terms of our history with slingshot racing. Um, so, yeah, we had a, a good finish uh, in terms of kind of a showdown between two or three cars. But uh, we had a lot of lap cars out on the track just because of all those incidents that happened earlier. And I think that kind of presented, as it always does, a challenge for uh, the leaders um in terms of how you navigate those lap cars now we always want our lap cars being predictable we always want those lap cars running one line and and always you know especially in the case of a really slow lap car just letting the leader go um and i think we had a couple incidents at, towards the end of the race where that was not the case um you know full disclosure we don't know why uh nothing's usually intentional but um, one of the things we focus on is just awareness in the race. And I think some guys are still learning that. So that was something that I just noticed. Another thing that I noticed, and I think we should probably talk about is kind of, uh, maybe some of the radio chatter that, um, we noticed from this race that isn't something that, um, you or I were particularly thrilled about. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about the way the radios went, uh, Wednesday night. 
Yeah, so typically in, in all the league racing that uh, you and I have done, uh, it's just sort of like a gentleman's agreement, and it's a rule in the rule book to, hey, let's keep the comms clear during the race uh, so that everybody can focus on, you know, trying to do their very best on the track. Um, and, you know, like I said, it, it is a rule in our rule book, too, to, to keep those comms to a minimum. Obviously, during caution, it's fine to, you know, talk a little bit as long as it's not, you know, disrupting, you know, wave arounds and that sort of thing um you know to to chat for just a second but you know under green we really need to keep that uh, to a minimum and during the race um on wednesday night it just seemed like there was an abundance of it and uh, it wasn't the most constructive uh chatter uh, a lot of it was back and forth between people that were chirping at each other as i like to call it um and uh, a lot of it was just unnecessary and uh, another thing that uh was going on as well was uh, our race controller this season in the truck series scott tompkins uh scott's got a job to do and he's uh he's doing his job very well uh but unfortunately uh we have um we had a few inc incidents where he was caught in the middle of a back and forth uh between a driver and you know and himself and that's not cool. Uh, the drivers need to driver. It's okay if a driver asks for clarification on a penalty, um, but to continuously go back and forth with race control uh, is just not something that is uh, is constructive. Uh, it's just, frankly, it's it's just not a uh, it's not the mature thing to do. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, we're we're all adults here. And, uh, you know, we, we need to treat each other with respect. And, uh, you know, Scott's, Scott's got a tough job to do, and uh, I, I think he's doing a good job at it. And we need to, we need to recognize that and respect that moving forward. Uh, and, and I think that we will. I think that some guys learned some lessons, some valuable lessons on Wednesday night. Oh, yeah, most certainly. I think that is one of the things that we have always, I feel like there's always a point early on the season where you or I as, as kind of league administrators have to kind of lay down the law, for lack of better terms. You or I don't want to do that. But especially, as, I think it's funny because it's, I think both you and I's personality, because we're both school teachers, uh, that we, we do feel like sometimes we have to crack down a little bit. And we certainly did. You know, I think we are, addressed those issues with, with the group as a whole and uh you know just had to remind some some folks of some things it's always hard to to have to do that especially uh you know when you're talking to adults but we love everybody in the league um you know we pride yep. ourselves on on being a league that is welcome to everybody as long as they follow kind of our core principle and tenet which is simply being kind to each other and 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 being positive right we talk talk about the level of toxicity that we we often see and and certainly official races on iRacing but i think it creeps into a lot of leagues as well and uh, we've seen leagues where that's happened and it's just i think based on our experience it's not going to be something that happens in our league that's not what we're running it for that's not our vision for it and um we're pretty pretty easy to please and easy to get along with and um you know we want it to be a place for for everybody um and yeah, I, I, I think that that's that's always been our mission and that's not going to change. And uh, we're always looking for folks who want to be part of that. So if you are interested in running our Cup Series, which runs on Tuesday night in the ARCA cars, or our Truck Series, which runs on Wednesday night in the, obviously, trucks, uh, we've still got 14 races left in the season. You're lucky you've only missed one. 
you can go to slingshotracing.org to find out all the information on our front page about all our social medias. There is a tab for, uh, you know, drivers who want to come race with us. Uh, you contact us. We will get back in touch. Uh, I'm sometimes probably too quick with that, but certainly within 24 hours, um, we'll get back in touch with you. So we're always looking for new folks. And uh, yeah, anything else we should add about that season opener? I know that we're headed to two new tracks, uh, or two different tracks, I should say, um, in the Cup and Truck Series this week. I think maybe we should take a quick second to preview that. But um, anything else you'd add to what we said there about Daytona? Yeah, just to say, you know, hey, you know, anybody that does want to join, um, you know, these series, um, we do have drop weeks as well. Uh, that's one thing I wanted to mention. Uh, so you've missed one race, but we do have a drop week and uh, you're not out of the championship hunt if uh, if you are interested in joining. Um, I would say that Daytona is Daytona and it's different uh, than all the other uh, than all the other uh, races on the season, just like Talladega. But um, I, I, I'm excited about uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night uh, this upcoming week because I think it's going to show us, it's going to tell us a lot about a lot of these drivers that we don't know that well. You know, like a lot of the guys that are new, we're going to really, really see, um, you know, what uh, what some of these guys are all about this week. Yep. So the Cup Series is head into Old Atlanta. Um, obviously, the New Atlanta is more of a super speedway arrangement but old atlanta um obviously is going to be a a track that that really tears up tires pretty quickly so we're gonna i think you and i will both look be looking forward to see who are those guys who are pros at managing their tire wear and who are those guys who are maybe going to have to learn pretty quickly that uh slingshot racing is all about uh preserving tires and kind of managing your run as you go along and we like that added element of strategy Definitely. And, and old Atlanta is a great track. It's a lot of fun. Um, in, you know, in the real life, you would see guys running multiple lanes there and you might see some guys running multiple lanes on Tuesday night in the apex energy cup series there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, uh, guys who are a little bit uncomfortable with how yawed out their car is on the bottom. That's a, that's something that we're really going to take a look at because I think that's something that you're going to see a lot of, uh, in that race. If those guys that are uncomfortable with how sort of hung out those cars are on the bottom, they might be a little bit more comfortable up at the top. Uh, they might uh, begin to move those cars up there. And uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, what kind of comers and goers we have during that race if uh, if we get some guys running the top versus guys that are running the bottom. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be it's going to be fun to watch. Tune in Tuesday night at 830 on our Twitch, twitch.tv slash slingshot racing. Um, let's see. Slingshot Racing League, I should say. Truck Series is headed into Fontana, which is a, a step down in terms of length, but still going to be high speeds. But how much is tire wear going to play a factor in this race? It'll play a factor, but it's going to be more of a draft situation. It won't be near as much of a draft track as, say, like Michigan will be uh, coming up here, in, you know, the following week. But um, it's going to be at night, so the track's going to have a lot more grip in it because of that. It won't be in the sun. And it's going to be, it's, it's not quite as single-grooved as Michigan is. At Michigan, you've got kind of like that lane above the seam. A lot of people compare the two tracks, Michigan and, and Fontana. Um, I like Fontana a little bit more because you can cut that car to the bottom, or in our case, the truck, you can cut that truck to the bottom and literally get that 
get that left front right on that white line and you're going to see some guys that are going to try to run the wall and uh, you know you're going to see some guys in the middle of the track and uh, with the trucks you're almost wide open on new tires there I mean you're very very close it's a little bit free it's a little bit tough to run wide open we might see some guys like get very very close to that in qualifying um, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be cool to see uh, you know like what transpires over the course of a run uh, in the trucks on Wednesday night, um, I think that uh, you, I think you'll you will see the benefit of the guys who do know how to save their tires in that. Even though uh, the the draft is going to be so heavy and, and something that punches such a big hole in the air like the truck does. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, we were both taken out in the wreck last week, so we're looking to come back this week and and see what we can do. Um, yeah, I think this is probably a good place to end it. I know it's a bit of a shorter show, no guest tonight. But we've had a lot going on in Slingshot Racing League these past couple of weeks. So if this is your first time listening, we appreciate it. If you are part of Slingshot Racing League, we appreciate y'all um, you know, for being part of uh, just this thing that we're putting together. And if you're interested in joining, slingshotracing.org. Okay, everyone, have a good night. We will see you next week. Hope you enjoyed that episode. We just wanted to say thank you for your time and your interest in our podcast. And really just overall, thanks for listening. We work hard to bring these episodes to you guys each week. And thanks for being a part of our Slingshot Racing community. If you want to learn more, you can find us at slingshotracing.org. From there, you can find us on social media like Instagram, Facebook. You can join our Discord from the main website. And uh, if you're listening to us on Anchor, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, please feel free to leave us a review. Uh, the more reviews and the better reviews we have, the more people who will have access to this podcast. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll hope to hear from you and see you next week. Bye for now.